How much time do you want for your progress? progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and B.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. Today is Friday, July 22nd, 2022. Uh, good, good day, Dr. Hayes. Good day, Dr. Cooper. All right. It's good to see you. Good to talk to you. Uh, what a week it has been. We are experiencing uh, the byproducts of climate change all over the world where those who are struggling without air or used to these crazy temperatures are literally dying from heat. And, and many of those who are dying from this heat don't have as much melanin in their skin. Uh, so we need to put a pin in that uh, because God help them uh, uh, survive this. But for those of us who are not accustomed to the heat and that for the elderly and the most vulnerable in the midst of a pandemic, this is uh, an interesting uh, wake up call if we ever heed because we know nature is telling us what we should do. Uh, I saw the Great Salt Lake is, is drying up in Utah uh, uh, and, and the Hoover Dam had a fire explosion. Wow, it's it's crazy times. The wildfires are all over the place, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But um, then we had this snub of Sesame Street place of of uh, Rosita. I think that was a character that snubbed two little black girls, and the look on their faces just told it all, whether it was in- unintentional or not. Shake all the kids' hands until you run out. Just every last one. Don't overlook a kid because they'll never forget that experience. Then, Dr. Hayes, what else we got going on? Then we have um, the January 6th committee wrapped up their uh, hearing uh, and will reconvene in September. And some of the things that came out were just unconscionable. For, so our, for our listeners, listen, pay attention. Uh, August 2nd is coming up for the primary election season. Uh, uh, states that have voting uh, opportunities for primary elections, go ahead and vote uh, before the November election. But come on, Dr. Hayes, let's, just, let's put a pin in this September 6th, and then we're going to end on hope, because we always got to end on hope. Ju- January 6th. Come on, talk to me. What you think about that stuff last night? Well, I thought it was quite revealing. It just reinforced what we already know. You know that the um, <clears throat> former president um, orchestrated the whole thing, uh, and it was not uh, a last-minute kind of endeavor. 
they've been working on it for quite a while. And uh, I think we we knew this from the point in which we heard him say, uh, stand back and stand by, um, that he was going to utilize these uh, supremacist organizations um, to back him up in whatever he needed to do to retain his his office. He knew uh, instinctively that he might lose. And he felt that he probably would, but he was working on ways to circumvent that outcome. And all of that truth is coming out now and we're we're able to see it in prime time a living color and how all the people who surrounded him were trying to talk him down from this insurrectionist activity but he wasn't going to have it he was going to do everything he could to keep from certifying the nomination of Joe Biden as president. Well, the gift that we have, it was just this week, um, the bipartisan Senate group uh, came together to strike a deal to uh, rewrite the Electoral Count Act. And so there's always uh, maybe a, a good outcome in the midst of such foolishness. Uh, they could do this bipartisan deal so that maybe we wouldn't have this um, kind of ignorance uh, ever again. But who knows? This is America and things can go crazy. Uh, but what's also interesting is that it wasn't just white supremacist groups, although they were the majority. There were a few black folks smothered into the crowd and a few brown folks smothered into the crowd. And that, to yeah, me, is a great dichotomy. Anti-government people. I- and some of that, some of that masking that goes on in these groups, they 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 reel you in, and uh, and they have a certain agenda. And uh, some of them are anti-government. Some of them just came back from wars and needed a fight. All of that. So I believe that, and they just don't have you know, idle mind. Is certainly still the devil's workshop. And uh, and the reprobate certainly had the hand in my manipulation, telling lies and repeating the lie. And it's scary because um, I hope that we have learned to ask for our opportunities for discernment. Show us the way. Help us balance truth from fiction. Let us know when the the deceit is so real that we can cut it with a knife and run away from that. But this thing was master manipulation and the scary of the small minds that fell for the okie doke. I mean, I think God gave us this uh, mind brain. You know, we all need a commander in chief. We need somebody to tell us what to do all the time. And Especially if you're we- not free get into these situations because we don't think for ourselves. We don't uh, examine things in a critical way. We just swallow whatever comes down the pike. And then we look up one day and find out that we have acted against our own interests and that we're reaping the whirlwind 
of our neglect of watchful, thoughtful action on the part of the whole community, not just our individual selves, but what affects one affects all. And I think you you hit the nail on the head because with our watchfulness and care is great responsibility. And many of us like to not be responsible. Be responsible. And or accountable. And uh, and even to admit, I made a mistake. I think that was a gift of David's contrite heart. Man, I messed up. (laughs) Uh, Forgive me. Purge me. Blot out my transgressions. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Um, That is so uh, interesting. So I had this conversation uh, with a colleague of mine, university professor, uh, Dr. Marilyn Johnson Farr, said to me that she was in a meeting and one of the things that came out of this particular meeting was um, one uh, another faculty person said to uh, a university leader, why don't you just admit you made a mistake? And this university leader said, I didn't. It's like the whole world is falling apart around you. And you saying you didn't make a mistake? What happens when the veil? Yeah, they don't want to admit they made a mistake. Donald Trump is not going to admit anything because he's a liar. And all of his responses will be lies. Mm, mm, mm. And um, the choice is up to, as they say, the American people (laughs) Uh, to learn how to discern between truth and um, Straight up line. So it's it's like we go back to this. I mean, at least in the Genesis account of the story of sibling rivalry between Cain and Abel, at least Abel didn't answer the question. He just asked the question in response to the question, where is your brother? And he just, instead of lying, he asked the question, am I my brother's keeper? I mean, it's a deflection, but the truth was out because he didn't answer the particular question or take responsibility for it. But here we just have a a non-thinking person adding fuel to the fire and creating a fanciful story that makes sense in finite mind. I think one of the other things that came out is that he is not a non-thinking person. Uh, I think that's a myth that somehow uh, he doesn't know certain things. I think he knows. And what he doesn't know, he knows how to find out. I think he just rubs against uh, the grain because he's an outlaw. He doesn't want to be told what to do. And he knows how to manipulate people to do what he wants to do, even in the face of what is right. And so I think I I appreciate what you said about him not being, I mean, him being a thinking person, of course, but I don't, he doesn't think about others. 
it's all no, about himself. He doesn't care about anyone but himself. So he's it's all self-centered and and all yeah. of that. So narcissist. Narcissist, yeah. So uh, uh, egomaniacal. We'll go in, sociopath. Sociopath, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, we'll go into this in September with, with bated breath because, um, the, one of the most vocal or two of the most vocal folks, uh, one is no longer going to run for an office. The other one, uh, representative Liz Cheney is, uh, is up for a battle, uh, in the election yeah. in November. And he so lose. Yeah. I, I think we're going to have some interesting fall, fall, um, Showcase showdowns happening when the committee reconvenes. Time is of the essence. She made a point. She made a point too. Before we go on to that, she made a point of of all the women who had the courage to come forward and tell the truth, and she named them all Mm -hmm. to the shame of many uh, men who would not step forward and still have not stepped forward to tell what really happened. Even those who responded out of their emotion on the day of the event have recanted their their stance, and now they're sucking up to the Donald, hoping that it will help them in their political career. It's it's just mind-boggling how you can be sold out And, well, and then, and this is a bird walk because you know that's what we do when we do this podcast. And I want to compare and contrast a noted gospel singer whose name I will not reveal because I understand she's going to be doing some defamation stuff. So I ain't gonna say the gospel person's name, but it was all the rage this week yeah, we with, with with that stuff she was saying in a church. Uh, and, and the, the, the optics of it, you could see the gasp on the faces of those who were standing behind this noted gospel singer. I mean, it was like, uh, somebody described it as a, a Joan Rivers kind of comedy routine that was just plain ugly. I, I'm a, I'm a pastor and I grew up hearing different things in the congregation. I'm a, I'm a combination of Methodist and Baptist, AME and Missionary Baptist. And, and on occasion at revivals, you might have a fire and brimstone person come in and, and call out folks who don't have a relationship with the congregation who might call out stuff and people get all in their feelings, just emotionalism, et cetera, et cetera. And that person is gone. But this woman, this person, started calling people ugly and talking about you know uh, it was it was classism it was sexism it was um just plain old I, I don't even have a word but i can't imagine doing that to a congregation of people who are there on their own volition free volunteers looking for a word of hope or uh something ecstatic to bring them into a good space and this person just wows out it wasn't even nice well it's not unusual for people who have a podium to uh, take out their feelings on uh, the captive audience that that's standard in a lot of places and churches where something has happened during the week 
that has set the person off. And so they're going to just spew uh, all of that vitriol over, as you say, a, a congregation of people who have come voluntarily, who have no ill uh, intent, uh, who came to really hear uh, about a righteous way of life, not how you feel about something that somebody said or did to you. And um, that's what happens when you don't have people who have been trained differently or trained uh, to know how to treat a congregation and and what the role of the pastor really is. I think she did not get any training. I think she stepped up and decided one day that she had been called. I don't know that whether that's between her and God, but it happens a lot especially, as I say, with people who who are not mature enough to you know, compartmentalize their own personal feelings when it comes to, to ministering or pastoring a, a congregation. Well, I hope God has mercy on her because we know God is a merciful God, and, and hopefully those who were in attendance uh, could understand that that's not representative of what uh, it means to be in community, in the community of faith. And so um, I, I just, uh, as we were talking earlier, I want the audience on this podcast to reflect on some things that you were saying about this. We This was brought up as we were looking at Psalm 136. And for those who uh, are biblical scholars or not, look up Psalm 136 because at that point in uh, the biblical literature, it it brings us to this understanding. And of course, the chronology is not necessarily um, the way that it's written chapter and verse, but in this particular notation of Psalm 136, we see this uh, idea of the universal nature of God, that God is a God of the entire cosmos, the universe. And we even have this understanding of the cosmology of Christ that, that, that Jesus, the Christ is representative of the whole universe. And it, and it brings us into this understanding of this verse, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, not based on geopolitics, not based on a religious preference or, uh, or leanings towards an ecclesiastical home. God loves all that God created and it's humans that have divided. So come on, talk with us for a few moments about this universal nature of who God is. Yeah. God is too big for most of us. And so we, uh, whittle God down to our own size, um, uh, and, uh, apply to God, our own shortcomings and our own attitudes and, uh, you know, what we would do if we were God. Mm-hmm. And so many times what we read and what we hear comes from a human point of view. And uh, when we fail to ascend uh, to some degree to a higher being, in other words, bigger than us, more mindful than we are, more powerful than we are, uh, we 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 get uncomfortable with the bigness of God and the, and the idea that God would love an entire universe, regardless of what uh, kind of people uh, inhabit that place. It's it's just too big for a lot of us, 
but the all-encompassing love of God is what makes a place for us, for each of us. And if God had not loved us beyond our, our, our failings and, and beyond our inclination to be evil, then I, I, I just don't want to think about where we would be. Um, but because God loves us, he allows us to, to fall and get up and fall and get up and encourages us in the journey we call life uh, to become more than we ever thought we could be because we understand his love for us. And um, I think that's a nice way to end this podcast today with we don't understand why God loves us. And that's but okay. His love endures forever, as and, Psalm 136. And his love endures as a refrain and his love endures endures forever that's a that's a fact without a doubt there by the grace of God or any of us so hopefully the love that God has for the one who orchestrated an interesting propaganda um, misalignment of truths uh, both the 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 former leader and the gospel singer could feel in this very moment as we are praying for God's love to endure forever to arrest the souls of them and anyone who has caused intentional hurt or unintentional harm to the universe. And all that dwell therein. Amen. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And everybody, everything. Everything and everybody. All right, Dr. Hayes. Here we go. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again. Stay safe and well. And we send a special prayer for our president who got COVID. Yeah.